you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. I don't know about you, but I feel like if you have a memorable first experience with direct sales, it's probably either with Tupperware <laughs> or with Mary Kay. And my mom was a Mary Kay lady for a very, very short time when I was younger, and I have vivid memories of playing with her suitcase full of samples. <laughs> they had numbers on them. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm sure it had something to do with foundation colors or something like that, but I know somebody listening has the same vivid memory in their mind right now <laughs> that I do of playing with their mom's Mary Kay samples. I had the amazing opportunity recently to sit down and chat with Sarah Mandracina. She is a mom of two beautiful daughters, and she has been a Mary Kay lady for 21 years now. So incredible. What's even more incredible is that Sarah had over $140,000 in personal sales last year and was crowned number three in sales in the entire company. Sarah loves to help women feel confident, not only with their skincare and makeup, but also while running their businesses. I know that her story will inspire you, and I hope that after listening, you are ready to find your confidence and reach for bigger and better goals because they're out there waiting for you. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me on Directly Different. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. It is so great to get to know you today and chat with you about all things direct sales and Mary Kay and how you do it all. So let's dive in. Tell us to start. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. So I am a single mom. I have two daughters. They are almost 12 and almost 15. So we're in the high school and middle school years this year. School started today. So exciting. And I live in the Washington, D.C. area in Maryland, so just about 20 miles outside of the city. Um, and I have been working my business for 21 years tomorrow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Happy anniversary. This is very timely that we're doing this then. <laughs> I know. I love that you've been in this industry for so long because we need positive hardworking people just like you to keep us going. So tell us a little bit about how you found Mary Kay and what made you join the business. Well, I think for a lot of people, um, you know, Mary Kay has been around almost 58 years. So I think for a lot of women, our first experience with skin and makeup is oftentimes with Mary Kay. And so that was also my experience when I was 14 years old. My mom had a party and um, she had several parties and I started using the skincare at a young age. And even at a young age, I learned um, how different the skincare felt compared to other stuff I had been using. I felt an immediate difference. I never had problematic skin 
But as a young person, I definitely could feel a difference in the quality of products. So I never stopped using it. It always worked well for me. And so fast forward 21 years later, I basically found Mary Kate as a young person. <laughs> and, you know, I started my business when I was in my early 20s. And it was because of that first exposure to Mary Kay as a teenager. That's awesome. I love that. And it's so important to have brands that you trust that you use. And so it makes sense to join companies that, you know, if you're using a product and you've been using it for years, like, Oh, well, I might as well join and sell this. I already use it. I can talk about it with my friends and family. So it just makes, it makes a lot of sense, which is, which is great. So obviously, so, okay. You must've joined in the year 2000, correct? Yes. Okay. Which that sounds like yesterday. <laughs> really? I know, doesn't it? Oh, oh my, my gosh. goodness. That's weird. I was doing some math while you were saying 21 years and I'm like, that was the year 2000. That's insane. So obviously the world has changed quite a bit in the last 21 years. So what did your business look like when you first got started in Y2K <laughs> and how does it look different now? Yeah. I mean, it was very different. I mean, when I first started my business, I was 21 years, no, 22 years old. And back then, you know, we had flip phones. We didn't have, you know, smartphones. <laughs> I mean, maybe we didn't even have flip phones. I don't even remember, but it certainly was, we still had a landline. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, you know, back then, you know, when I started my business, we were still very much focused on building face-to-face -face interactions. And, you know, that, that was probably one of the biggest differences. There was no social media platform. There was no virtual uh, interactions. It was all face-to-face -face and building relationships, you know, um, building friendships, relationships, and trust with people one person at a time. So I would say that's probably the biggest difference than it is today, because now we have platforms where we can do that across the virtual world as well as in person. Um, but, you know, I think back to the beginning stages of building a business and I still would say to anybody who's starting a business, those, those skills are still very much necessary to be successful. And if I could exclusively do that for a period of time, I would, because I think it's so impactful on the success and drive of the business and where it goes. You mentioned at the beginning that you are a single mom and you started your family when you were building a business. How did you juggle being a single mom and raising a family at the same time? Yes, that's a great question. So, you know, one of the things that was beneficial for me was because I started my business prior to having kids, I did have some, um, business already built. I had some success behind me already. I had some established business, but my goal was always to be able to have a business, have kids one day and still be a working parent and not have to focus on, you know, sending them to daycare or I wanted to be present in their life and still be the main person taking care of them. So when I started having children, I was already in the business for about five or six, maybe ish years, something like that. And, um, you know, I got married, had kids. And then very shortly after I had my second daughter, she was only 19 months old. I got separated. So I had that shocking, um, life situation happen where I was not expecting it. And so I became a single mom 
you know, kind of unexpectedly, to be honest with you, it was not something I first saw coming, especially when you're in those, you know, early development years of, Mm -hmm. you know, what I call being the trenches of being a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. on day in, day out. And so I did become a single mom. And, you know, one of the things that I I had found in that moment was I had a lot of fear, to be honest with you. I mean, I, the floodgates opened and I had a lot of stresses, a lot of worries about like, how am I going to maintain doing certain things? And, you know, before I was separated, I was building my business, you know, basically around the kids, you know, at nighttime, I would do things. I would service my customers, you know, throughout the day with their product renewals. Um, But when the divorce happened, separation happened, I had to change the way I worked. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came over me the, the, the fastest was, you know, I was afraid of you know, how am I going to run this business with two toddlers that are not in school yet full time without having to spend a ton of money in babysitting costs because I don't have family that live near me to help me. And I thought, well, I have to make some changes and I have to make my business work around my family and my lifestyle. So I asked myself questions, what can I do different? And one of the things I decided to start doing, because at that time we were still very much, you know, face-to-face only, I started scheduling people to come to my home instead of me going to their home. I would have them come to my home and I would schedule them for their makeover and their facial at my dining room table around my kids' nap times. And at that time, you know, kids nap several times a day or at least a good chunk of the day. And so I was able to, you know, kind of fit my priorities around where my kids' downtime was. And then I also implemented a system where when my kids were, um, you know, they still went to bed really early back then, like I'd say like seven or 7.30, I would hire a babysitter to come to my home, bathe them, put them to bed, and then leave because I would be doing a Mary Kay party at my dining room table. So therefore I was only paying somebody for a very short period of time, not, you know, three or four hours or whatever, however long it would have been if I had left the house, for example. Um, so I just, I just found some ways that, you know, I customized the way I worked my business that worked best for me being a single parent, not having help nearby, and also being financially smart about the money I spend and how I spent it. I, Absolutely love that story. I think that's so relatable to people listening because, you know, whether they have gone through a divorce themselves or just some kind of life change, some huge life change while they're running a business, it's very easy to be, you know, to say, wow, I just, I can't do this anymore. It's not going to work, but you found creative solutions (laughs) to not your problems, but to your, the, the barriers that you had to freely working your business while staying at home at the same time. So I love hearing how you creatively came up with a way to get around that and to still make it work. And I think that that's a really awesome characteristic of an an entrepreneur who is just willing to put in the work and figure it out until it happens. So I love hearing that so much. Very inspiring. Thank you. I think that's important for any business. You have to be willing to pivot and make choices that are going to benefit you and your business and your family, because we all go through trials and we go through stressors. We go through trauma sometimes. And the key is not quitting. And it's, you know, it's what you do in those moments is is what counts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Definitely. So transitioning a little bit, you just received, I know this is really fast forwarding, but (laughs) from those days where you were having one-on-one appointments at your dining room table to today, you recently received 
the, the high, one of the highest honors of in the whole entire company of being top three in sales for Mary Kay. So tell us a little bit about your journey to that amazing honor. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. I, I am very excited about um, being recognized in the top three. I was awarded the number three position just a few weeks ago. So I am super excited about that. And my dream actually started with this specific um, placement 20, 20 years ago. I started when I was 22 years old and my first year of business I joined the company and I did nothing. I was, my full-time career at that time was in tax accounting. I used to work for one of the big accounting firms. And so I worked very full-time, overly full-time. And I, I hated it, but I was also so young that I just didn't know, um, you know, what else I could do. And I had a degree in this field. So when I joined Mary Kay, I joined for the purpose of making some extra money and having a little bit of fun in my life. Um, I never in a million years thought this is where I'd be one day, but fast forward a year later after joining, I um, had lost my job and I picked up my Mary Kay business while I was job searching. I was looking to go into a different industry in corporate and while I was job searching, I found a passion within Mary Kay. I found, I had my first party like with, with 10 people and I sold it for $1,200. This mm. was over 20 years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, I was, I was just working 80, 90 hours a week and I didn't make any extra money for mm -hmm. that time I put in. And I thought there might be something to this. So maybe I need to keep going and educate myself a little more. So after that time of putting effort into my business, I was able to replace my full-time salary at the time in less than six months, working oh. about 20 hours a week. Oh my goodness. So I know. And so, you know, 20 years ago, that's kind of where it started. And then I decided to invest in my business and in myself and attend my first Mary Kay seminar. And that's where we go to Dallas. That's where the company is located. And we have like a lot of um, education and awards. So I was able to experience the, the heart of the company and get, see where other people are going and learn from the top of the top. And when I saw, when I sat there one night during an award ceremony, um, what, how Mary Kay does it is they have like a stage and, you know, they have like, it's kind of like a combination of the Grammy Awards and Miss America. Everybody's in ball <laughs> gowns and we're in, they, they sash you. Well, the very top person gets this beautiful throne basically wheeled out or brought out from the ceiling to the, to the stage. And, you know, there's 20 people on stage, the top 20, and the top three people are called out and awarded their prizes and there's diamond rings and all kinds of fancy things. And then the queen gets crowned this gorgeous Swarovski crystal crown. And then she puts in this chair and she gives a speech. And I thought, wow, this woman came, I can't remember all her specifics, but she was very, um, she had a lot of trials and tribulations that she had gone through. She was a single mm -hmm. parent. She was, um, at the time, I believe she relied only on public transportation mm -hmm. and she became the number one person in consultants. And I thought, wow, if she can do it, why can't you? And just like her story and just watching the success of these women be, um, recognized and affirmed and celebrated on stage just really got to the core of me. And I, 
I always tell people it wasn't like I chose this goal. It really was implanted upon me. It was one of those things that just like out of nowhere, the sky opened up and it was put on my heart. And Mm. so for 21 years now, it has been my goal and my dream to be that number one person. And, you know, this is the closest I've gotten. Uh, Last year I was number four. And so now being number three, I feel like I'm I'm set up for success. And so I can do it this year. And, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, it's one of those things where you, you know, 21 years, you could so easily decide to give up on a goal like that. Mm -hmm. You could so easily put it aside. And if I think back over the past 20 years and think, my gosh, if I had given up on this goal, I would not be who I am today. I mean, it, it, they always, people always say it's about the journey and it really truly is about mm-hmm. the journey. I mean, we are cultivated and shaped and molded into different beings and humans and success levels. And just, we learn so much through these 20 years. And I always believe that things happen at the right time and the right, in the right way. And, um, you know, my journey was supposed to take 21 years, but it nonetheless, it is definitely something that um, is exciting. And I'm really excited to be that number one person to hopefully inspire somebody else that's sitting in that audience one day. I really hope that when I get to that place, I'm able to say something or inspire uh, another woman to have the same dream and work towards it as well. Well, I think it's safe to say that you're already doing that, which, which, especially by being on here today and sharing your story, I know somebody is listening. That's, that is very touched by your story. And, uh, that is, I just, I loved, I love that because I think, you know, even if somebody isn't looking to be top three in a huge company like Mary Kay, such an amazing accomplishment. Even if they're not looking to do that, the recognition, like you mentioned at the beginning, just the recognition of, you know, putting in the hard work and being recognized for that, that is so meaningful for especially women, especially moms. Like we don't get, we don't get, you know, our little ones, you know, wow, mom, thank you so much. But they, you know, and they repay us in different ways. But I think having that recognition as part of the direct sales journey, I think is really important. I think it's why a lot of women stay women and men too, but why a lot of us stay stick around because we are being recognized for our efforts. And we love that. We love to hear job well done way to go. So I love that you did not give up because it, like you said, it would have been so easy over 20 plus years to be like, this is just never going to happen. I have big goals like that too. And I I'm with you. I don't care how long it's going to take. I know that I will hit it someday. I, but to me, the amount of time it takes just really doesn't matter. So I love to hear that you're, you're the same way too, that it's like, well, it'll happen. I know it. I'm just gonna keep working. Can't give up. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. I just, oh, I love that so much. And I, I love that you guys do a, a crown and a throne. Like how cool. I mean, what woman we are all Queens, but what woman does not want to like look and feel like a queen sitting in a throne with a crown. That's amazing. Now, do you drive a pink Cadillac? I know that's very iconic for Mary Kay. Right. Now I have one of the other cars right now. So there's about five cars you can earn in Mary Kay. So I am currently in um, qualifications to earn the Cadillac. Oh my goodness. That is so fun. Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. 
Okay. So now that you've achieved this amazing goal of being number three in the entire company, I'm sure you would agree that it's not, you don't feel like, oh, you know, okay, sweet. I made it. This is amazing. This is so much fun. Great. All right. Now I'm done. I've accomplished my goal. Let's pack up and go home. Like, I'm sure you don't feel like that. So how do you feel now that you've achieved this goal? Do you feel like your work is just starting over? Like you said, you have momentum, but do you feel like it's, you know, it's go time again, or do you feel, you know, how do you feel after earning that? I mean, for me, I energizes me because I didn't reach my goal yet. So I'm not number mm. one yet. So until I'm that number one position, I am re-energized. It pushes me harder. It excites me. I mean, our, our, our year starts over July 1st. So we're just in the beginning stages of the new year. And so for me, it just refocuses me and keeps me having tunnel vision because I'm too close to getting it done to let anything distract me. Oh my goodness. I, I love this. This is awesome. I need you <laughs> to give me a pep talk every morning. <laughs> This is position awesome. accepted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So what are some things that you do? Cause obviously over 21 years, you don't just decide 21 years ago, I'm going to be number one, you know, one of the top three in sales, uh, in the, my entire company. And then 21 years later, you just do it. You have daily, weekly, monthly things that you do every single day to ensure that you are on track to hit your goals and to ensure that your team is on track and to ensure that you are accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So tell us some of those things that have contributed to your success every day, every week, every month. You know, I think, first of all, when it comes to the most simplistic success contribution is consistency. And, you know, consistency is going to look different for each and every person and based on what their goal is or their growth strategy. And, you know, one of the things I want to I want to attribute to is, you know, not only do we focus on goals, but really what we need to focus on is what we do in our daily activities to get us closer to our goals so the goal is there, but I don't focus on the goal daily. It's not in, it's not something that I am like thinking about necessarily on a daily basis. I'm focusing on making sure I do daily activities that will um, add value to that goal and get me closer to that goal. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you have a big goal and you let that be in front of you too much, it can also stress you out. It can also make you feel overwhelmed. Like, how am I ever going to do this? It's such a big goal. But in reality, when you break it down to bite-sized pieces and you focus a little bit monthly, weekly, daily, what can you do? What I ask yourself the right questions, what activities, what actions do I have to take in my business that will um, add value to that goal and get me closer to earning that goal? And you focus just on that, it's going to all come together in the end. So some of the things that I do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis is... Um, I, Mary Kay has always taught us when she was alive, she always taught the theory of your six most important things list. And that's basically a list of six, six things that are the most important things to do today. They, and that list should be so strong that you probably can't even get through all six. So that's number one. And number two is I like to actually focus on how many um, reach outs or um, interactions I have with people. And that could be via text, via email, via um, social media, some sort of communication with people. And so I track that. So for example, 
it helps give me confidence and it helps give, makes me feel like I am being successful. Cause let's face it. There's times and there's days where you're like, well, what did I get accomplished today? Mm -hmm. But if you're able to keep track of what you're doing and you actually physically can see it with your own eyes. And I still am a very much, I like having it in front of me on paper, like writing it Mm kind of solidifies it. And like, you know, impresses it into my being, um, <laughs> that I did this. And so I also have, um, a way when I, but basically what I do is I just have a piece of paper that has like my six most important things list. And then my 10 reach outs, if you want to call it, or, you know, some sort of communications, you can call that whatever you want, but basically it needs to be people that you're interacting with, whether you're interacting with them, to book an appointment or follow up on a product they purchased from you, or you're you're reaching out to them to schedule a time to share a little bit more about the business opportunity with them. These are all things that I make sure I do a certain amount of those every single day, because the compilation of all of those is what makes you get to your goal in the end. Yes. And those are simple things. They're not anything that, you know, they're things that we all should be doing anyways, right? We should have a list of things we need to do and we should have lists of people that we need to follow up with or reach out to. So I love that because it's practical. It's not anything magical. It's just, there's nothing magical. I have not done anything magical. I am no different (laughs) than every other person out there. I just have a work ethic and I'm consistent and customer service is the number one focus of mine. And, you know, when it comes to what I do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you know, in my activities, I would have to also say something that's contributed to my success is being very much customer service oriented and focused and, you know, putting the customer first and putting the woman in front of you first, even if she's not a customer, whoever's in front of me is the most important person. And I want to truly get to know her. And even if she walks out the door with purchasing zero, that time with her, I feel like I have impressed something on her. She walks away learning something. She feels more confident about herself. And I met somebody and I learned something about somebody new. And I feel like when you do that and you focus on others, success will always come to you. So you have the, speaking of, you know, interacting with others and building relationships, you have a special gift of being able to equip your teammates with confidence. So tell us how you do that with your team. You know, there's a saying that the speed of the leader is the speed of the gang. And so I think honestly, what it comes down to is because I am doing the exact same things I'm teaching consultants to do, I'm literally out there doing the exact same thing. It makes consultants feel a lot more confident because number one, they're able to watch what I do. So replicating and watching what I'm doing, I'm not just talking at them. I'm not just talking from like past experience. I'm in it with them. And so I think that is really helpful when it's, when I'm able to equip people and women with confidence, because, you know, I'm able to say, well, I just did this yesterday and I had success. And so I'm able to relate to them because I am very active and doing the exact same thing they're doing to build a business. In addition to that, I think equipping women with confidence also comes down to being a good listener and being able to hear who she is, um, you know, outside of her business, what what makes her tick, what's important to her. Um, I think people, you know, just want to feel loved and feel cared for. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, they're able to feel more confident in working with you. And they're feel they're able to trust you when you are guiding them, 
in a business situation because you have been there as a human, not just mm-hmm. in a business business forefront. Yes. And I know I've mentioned this on previous episodes, but I'm always so, I try to be so conscious about what I, you know, how I lead my team, because I want them to know that while we have numbers that we, you know, that we do have to reach, that we do have to hit for certain things. Like I want that to be like a behind the scenes thing, almost like a magician (laughs) covering it up with like a curtain. And maybe this is wrong. I don't even know if this is the wrong mindset, but I would much rather have them feel successful with whatever goal they hit, whatever goal they've set for themselves than to, you know, try to reach to whatever my goal might be for the month. And so I, I hope that that and my intention is that it makes them be more confident in what they're doing. Like, Oh, last month I did this. Like I can do this again this month. At the end of the day, I care about them and their success, you know, and I can work on my success, work my tail off behind the scenes, you know, but I, uh, I want them to feel confident and I want them to feel valued and part of the team. And it sounds like you have the same mindset when it comes to that, for sure. hundred percent. I think it should always be focused on when it comes to working with team members or helping somebody build a business, it should always be about them. Just, just like being customer service focused that side of the business where you're focusing on the customer service aspect and it's always about the customer. Same thing with a team member. It's always about the team member. It is never about my goal. It is never mm-hmm. about what my team goal is. Um, you know, it's never about the bigger picture. I mean, yes, what she does or, or what they do does contribute to our goal as a team, mm-hmm. but I don't speak to them coming from that place. It's about where they are right now and where they want to go and celebrating those wins, celebrating the smallest wins goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Because like you said earlier, women respond to recognition and reward and we are not recognized and we're not rewarded for a job well done when it comes to being outside of our direct sales business or in most, in most cases, people's full-time jobs even. Mm-hmm. So when you're able to recognize a woman for a job well done and celebrate her win, even if it's the smallest thing for her, it empowers her. It, it just floods her with confidence that she can take and it evolves into even more confidence and trickles down into her full-time job and her family. And it just has a huge impact, the smallest things, because those little wins build up to be big wins. Like you said, you know, you didn't, accomplish your goal of being in the top three overnight, it took 21 years of consistent action. And so, yes, those little things add up those daily, weekly, monthly activities add up for, for leaders, as well as for our team members, for sure. Yes. This has been so inspiring. I just love it so much. I've loved chatting with you. What would you tell someone, Sarah, who might be just starting out with their direct sales journey or someone who really wants to make their business work. Maybe they have a big goal, you know, they're, they're where you were 21 years ago, you know, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try this out and see how it goes, but they do have a big goal of being top in sales in their company. Truly anyone can do it. If, if, like you said, you had that feeling, if that person can do it, I can do it. And I've had that same feeling too. If that person can do that, I could totally do that. So what would you tell someone who is sitting there thinking that maybe they're a single mom, maybe they are in transition between jobs. Like you were, maybe they just want to change. They want to stay home with their kids, whatever their life circumstance, whatever their season is, what is your best advice to someone in that, in that situation? 
Well, first of all, if she's not already building a business to help get her into the place that she wants to be in, I think the first and foremost thing is to just start. So many women just think about it, think about it, and like just stop thinking. It's it's a very easy decision to just try something new. I mean, you can always stop. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. So I think just starting, stop thinking, just starting number one. And then once you're a part of it and you're in it and you're trying to build something and you have captured this, this goal or this passion or this dream of doing whatever it is that you want to do, it's just consistent day in, day out attention to your business and treating it like a business. This is not a hobby. This is a business. I'm a businesswoman and this is my full-time business. And so even if it's not her full-time business, treating it and respecting it as if it is goes a long way because it's what you do in the day in and day out, hour by hour, week by week is what matters. It's not about, you know, oh, this year I didn't hit my goal. It's about, well, how did I do this year overall? What did I do different? Did I learn a new skill? Did I, was I better at booking my appointments? Was I better at presenting my facials or makeovers? Did I, did I do something out of my comfort zone? And I think, you know, when it comes to somebody who really wants to build a business and really wants to make their business work, it's, you know, you're in a season and you know that the season changes, but focusing on your strengths and working within that season, knowing that next season, you might have to shift a little bit and change your focus and being willing to adapt, pivot, and stay consistent in the fact that you are working towards something. I think those are my biggest tips and advice to give somebody because when it comes down to it, there's no secret, there's no magic. I think most women are not women, but most people give up. You know, they have a bad downward spiral for some reason, or they go through something in life and maybe they have, um, they, they feel like a pivot and they give up. And, you know, nobody ever gives up when they're at the top. You don't ever see people quitting where they're at the top, but it's what you do in those moments. And when things are hard is what matters. That's where the success is coming from. And that's where your business is being built. It's when you are questioning things and you do it anyway, when nobody is looking, when it's hard, you keep going forward. And that's really what matters. Mm, I love that. I was going to add that too. You know, usually that happens when no one is looking and you just said that. So yes, it's, it's so true. Usually on those days where you, people think you're great, you're doing great. You're sailing along, but inside you're like, this is harsh. And I don't know if I can do this anymore. When you keep going, when you don't give up, that's when, you know, you're going to figure out a new way to do things, a different way to do things that will make you successful. And you just keep repeating that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And get uncomfortable. I mean, I think, you know, as humans, we, we, we definitely try to stay away from discomfort, but, um, and most people are more comfortable with their old problems than new solutions. Mm. So, you know, when we, when we think about it, you know, if we can focus more effort and getting uncomfortable, like one of the things that somebody told me a long time ago was whatever it is that you are frustrated with in your life, that is exactly what you're supposed to be fixing and working on. <laughs> so because it's a repetitive issue and it might come up differently, you might, you might be feeling frustrated today about it, but you probably felt frustrated about the same thing five years ago, it just showed up differently. So, you know, listening to those little knocks and being willing to get uncomfortable and make those changes and pushing yourself to do uncomfortable things. Successful people 
are successful because they pushed through the fears and did it anyway. Mm. That's the only difference. They kept pushing through it. And every time a new fear came, they kept pushing through it. That's the Mm. only difference. I, the only difference between me and somebody brand new is yes, I have 20 years, but it just means I have 20 years of pushing through a lot of fears. That's it. And it goes back to just starting because if you start in 20 years, then you'll have 20 years of work to do. But if you start today, then in 20 years, you'll be where Sarah is <laughs> enjoying all yes. success. And maybe <laughs> even before that, who knows? Sometimes Absolutely. it only takes a year or five years or whatever someone's goal is. But, um, I love that you just persevere year after year and you've had so much success and what a blessing to be able to provide for you and your sweet girls with your Mary Kay income. That is so inspirational. And I have just loved your story and I have loved hearing from you. So if somebody wants to get in contact with you or follow you on Instagram, you are really fun to follow on Instagram. So, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at S Mandracina. That's S M as a mom, A N G I A R A C I N A. And, um, they can also reach out to me and text me if they need to follow me at 301-943-3018. So thank you again so much, Sarah, for being on the show today and sharing your inspiration. It was so wonderful talking with you. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There, you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry, and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing. If you know of a person in the direct sales industry that you look up to and admire, and you've always wanted to just ask them all the questions, I would love to chat with them. Shoot me an email with their name at directlydifferent at gmail.com, and they could be a future guest on the podcast. Thanks, guys.